This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Here on the Steelers Standard for the past couple of weeks, we have been doing a feature called the All-Time Standard where we look at each position group on a football team and we tell you who we think are the top five Pittsburgh Steelers to ever play that position and we've gone through pretty much every single group, I think, right? This is the last one that we have this to do. This is the last this is one. The finale. Unless you want to do special teams. No, I don't. Long snappers, Long Greg snappers, Ward. kick returners, Greg punters, holders. Yeah. Got to give credit to holders. A lot of backup quarterbacks. Brian St. Pierre over the years holding, uh, holding the football. The original number two. Uh, a Madden classic. Try to yeah. lead the Steelers to the Super Bowl with Brian St. Pierre as the quarterback. Never gets old. How'd that do? Never, that never worked. Yeah, never barely got to the playoffs every time. This team is just enriched with such history across the board uh, from position to position, but we might be saving the best position group for last. Either this or the linebacker group, I'd say. Linebacker group probably has a little bit more depth to it. Yeah, but, especially when you consider the top both of this inside, list, outside. Yeah. The top of this list is the face of the Pittsburgh Steelers, though. And we'll the greatest get to him defensive player maybe ever. Ever. Too. And we'll get to him as we work our way through the list. But starting at number five. Well, can we hit some honorable mentions Well, first? we're going to as we say number okay, five. Okay. This was a tough one, was number five. We had a little bit of debate back and forth about this. Uh, it really came down to three people to try to fit into one spot. Uh, those three people being Dwight White from the 70s Pittsburgh Steelers dynasty, a four-time Super Bowl champion and a two-time Pro Bowler, or two guys that people of our generation are very familiar growing up with. That's Aaron Smith and Brett Kiesel, who played the defensive ends for the Steelers in the early and mid-2000s, both winning two Super Bowls with the team and both going to one Pro Bowl with the team. And it was really tough for me to decide who was going to be at this. I really was convinced that I was going to put the beard on there, Brett Kiesel. But when you look at Dwight White, I mean, it would Just be it would be negligent to not have him be the guy at number five in this standard for the defensive line group. He had 55 sacks in his career as a Steeler. That's more than both of Kiesel and Aaron Smith had. Uh, and, and on top of that, he went to one more Pro Bowl than either of those two in. And it's just, again, you have to. He in was, an era that it was harder to go to the and Pro he Bowl. Was a, it meant a lot more. He was the starter on that Pittsburgh Steelers Steel Curtain defense, four time Super Bowl champion. And I think one of the main reasons why that I decided to put him on this list instead of Kiesel or instead of Aaron Smith, who was another guy that we debated on, was. You know, this guy probably got overshadowed so much when you think about that steel curtain defense, just because there's just so many other names in front of him that you go to first. But there's no question when you look at his stats that he was just as impactful and just as important as the next guy was. So I I would put Dwight White at number five on my list for the the standard of defensive line. Personally, I mean, I have Kiesel there, but I completely the beard. I mean, I love the beard. Like that's the thing. The beard out of these three are by far my favorite player. And the most, yeah, I mean, you saw the beard, but I, I, I like the case for Aaron Smith just because, as much as we love the beard, and Tom mentioned his, his arrow, aiming or arrow setting up celebration he would make every time he made a sack but Aaron Smith to me was just so consistent he was kind of like the silent killer you you we talked a lot about in the linebacker episodes how great Joey Porter was at, at getting in the the offensive opponents heads but there were so many other guys on that team such as Troy who was just so meticulous and and silent and left his his talk up to his actual performance and to me that's what Aaron Smith did 
But Kiesel, I mean, you got to yeah, look at I him still too. Love he's still Kiesel. just I still as good. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was the face of that defense in a way, you could say. And Kiesel really wasn't a starter up until his, what, fifth year in the league. Missed a whole season to, um, due to a shoulder injury. I'm not using that as a as a um, you know a, a, a barrage to get him in. I'm just saying, you know, he didn't really become a starter until 2006. And I know that he doesn't have the numbers, obviously, and he doesn't have the Super Bowl wings, rings that Dwight White does. I know he has one He's less pro bowler, but, but I mean, he does have half of them. Um, I, I put him at five just because he's another guy. I think, you know, as you said, Tom, like he, you know, in a way is kind of the face of the defense. He's one of the most recognizable people um, of that defense oh, in, the, in the early 2000s and, you know, the, the 20 teens. Um, but in a lot of times, too, he's another guy that's overshadowed a lot because of all the other outstanding players that were there. You know, James Harrison, um, Lamar Woodley, even to an extent, Troy, obviously. Um, you know, I, he's a guy that's kind of an unsung, I don't want to say an unsung hero, but yeah, you I get, think the unsung hero here is Aaron Smith. Just because Kiesel was so like much Aaron louder. Smith, yeah, right? we get Relax it. Relax about Aaron Smith. We get it. One thing I will say about uh, these guys, the only one to score a touchdown is Brett, Brett Kiesel. Do you remember what game that was? I don't remember the game. It was, the, it was a season of which Ben had to sit out the first couple of games because of his suspension the year they lost the Super Bowl to the Packers. 2010. Charlie Batch starting at quarterback in Tampa Bay. And it was a tip ball at the line of scrimmage, and Kiesel took it, I think, 75 yards. 79. Yeah, there you go. It was awesome. Only year Kiesel went to the Pro Bowl was that year in 2010. And he only started in 11 games, so he was very impactful in those 11 games that he played to earn himself a spot at the Pro Bowl. You can make the case for any of those three guys at number five. It's just the fact that Dwight White played next to two other guys who also are going to make this list. And you have to give him credit because he still was able to disrupt pockets and, I mean, and get the, to the quarterback just as just as effectively as the other two guys. The other two guys were just all time greats. I mean, yeah. I mean, spoiler alert: the whole entire front from the Steel Curtain defense is going to make it to this yeah. list. They're going to be in the top five if we include Dwight White, and Kellen Scott, Brett Kiesel. I think Brett Kiesel is a worthy inclusion. I think that's the reason why I didn't. You want to throw have, throw a little yeah. extra just because the Steel Curtain. I mean, as we all know, they're you know the best defensive front maybe ever. But that um, mid-2000s team needs some love. It oh, it absolutely does. Yeah. And we just mentioned two guys. Number four on this list is someone who is currently still playing for the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers in my mind. I think Cam Hayward has done enough where he is already the fourth best defensive lineman ever on a Pittsburgh Steelers, to ever put on a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform. He's a four-time Pro Bowler already. This guy's been a two-time All-Pro, two-time first-team All-Pro. That's something that the previous three guys, Dwight White, uh, Smith and Kiesel were not. Mm -mm. Two-time being a first-team All-Pro is an incredible accomplishment. Uh, he's You want to talk about Aaron Smith being super consistent, same mm -hmm. thing with Cam Hayward. Oh, absolutely. The guy's always there. Really, his only injury-riddled season was in 2016 where he only was able to play and start in seven games. Other than that, he's pretty much played in every single – he has played in every single game save for maybe one here or there. I know he missed one game last year in 2020, but that was due to the Steelers already earning their spot in the playoffs, and they didn't want to exacerbate him or injure him. 12 sacks is his season high. That was in 2017 when he was the first-team All-Pro for the first time. He's got 58 sacks on his career. And, and the thing about Cam Hayward is he's already put up enough of a career, 114 starts, 149 games in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform. He's been playing for the team since 2011, where I'm comfortable to put him at number four. This dude could find himself at number three by the end of his career because mm -hmm. he's still going. I still think there's three, maybe 
four good solid years coming from Cam Hayward. So he's already established himself as a Steeler great. Oh, yeah. He's already in the Steelers Hall of Honor. If he can, he's just got to, more to build yeah. off. If he's, he continues to play at this level, he could move up at least one more spot. I think so too. I yeah. think he could definitely end up at number three on the list. And he's another guy too that didn't start his first two years. He didn't start any games. Not a single in game. Twenty eleven yeah. or twenty twelve. Really didn't become a full-time starter until 2013. And, um, you know, he's kind of aged like a fine wine as well. You know, from as you mentioned, Tom, his first all-pro year um, in 2017 had 12 sacks, then eight in 2018, nine in 2019. Last year only had four, but was still a pro bowler and still was a force on the defensive line. In other and, metrics, he graded out top, oh, he was unbelievable. top three in yeah. almost every category. Right. I mean, there's more to it than just numbers and then to sacks and – um, yeah, I mean, it, when you look at Cam Hayward, he's, you know, is he a guy that's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day? No, probably not. But I think it's possible. I think it's it, possible. It, it, he can make the case. The thing that hurts a guy like Cam Hayward is there's just so many other Steelers that are already in that if you're and, even a fraction of an inch on that that fringe, they're probably going to say no. And he doesn't have. I think Pouncey falls in that same category. He doesn't have nearly the, enough numbers either. And I know that there's more to go to the Hall of Fame than just numbers. But at the end of the day, I mean, look, if he plays another, what, four or five years, could he get to. You know, 85, maybe close to 100 sacks, maybe. I think winning a Super Bowl ring would be something that would help him, too. Would help, sure, yeah. and maybe a, an all, another all-pro selection, too. Yeah, three of them, yeah, for sure. But I don't know if he has the numbers to go to the Hall, the hall, and, the hall of Fame. And I think he can still perform at a high level. Yeah. I don't know if he can get to a point where he'd be an all-pro again. Can he be a first-team all-pro Can he get again. 12 sacks again? I don't Probably know if he's not. that guy anymore. There's not, well, I mean, may not be enough also, sacks to go around with exactly, the TJ Watt I mean, with him now. You, we talked about just recently how we're going to get to the, the rest of the Steel Curtain and defensive front, but Cam Hayward's been playing against or playing next to two of the the greatest uh, the greatest defensive linemen probably since the early two thousands and Tyson Alawalu and Steph Tuitt. I mean, give Stephon Tuitt a couple more years. Maybe he doesn't make crack the top five, but maybe he cracks someone's top ten. It's very possible. I think so, he might be there already for me, honestly. You think so? At the very bottom of the top ten, but Steph Tuitt is such a freak of nature. Right. It, we say it all the time. You just wish the guy could have stayed healthy more. Or, could still stay healthy, right? Because he's still, still playing, playing. Yeah. and and I mean, he did a good job bouncing back last year from injury. Last year was his best year in a long time, right? Just 2019, he played better. Oh, absolutely, but, but it was such a shorter window, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about Cam Hayward making the Hall of Fame. I think he can be a finalist a couple of years, and he's maybe... definitely got to play at a high level for the next three years. Yeah, but I think he can. I mean. Especially now with maybe Bud Dupree gone, maybe this is a chance for Cam Hayward to kind of step up again and say, I got to get to the quarterback more than I did these last couple of years. It's definitely possible, and it wouldn't shock me at all if Cam has that mentality because Cam is always going to be that guy who leads. I mean, you talk about Troy Polamalu being one of the greatest defenders in the secondary in Steelers history, but he was he was by far the 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 leader or the best player, whichever one you want to give him that title of. But ever since Troy was gone, it's been Cam's defense. And sure, TJ yeah. Watt is going to eventually take over those reins. But as long as Cam Hayward's there, it's going to be Cam's defense. I'll give you the leader, but he's not. He hasn't been the best player. On no, the no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. No, I know. I'm just saying. Like I, I, I get your point that he's absolutely. He's a cog, obviously, right. on the on the defense, and he's obviously a. You know, he's still got a ways, I shouldn't say a ways to go in his career, but he's got definitely got a couple left. But again, I just don't know. If he just, to me, doesn't have the numbers yeah, right now. And again, it's it's an uphill battle when you're kind of like going to be looked at. And like we have him as the number four defensive lineman on our list for Steelers. So the Hall of Fame is going to look at that and be like, there's players that played for your team that yeah. are in front of you. And on top of that, when you look at his. But those guys made the Hall of Fame. Already. True, they did. When you look at his 
his position too. Like it's so strange, you know, like how, like last year he's listed as a defensive tackle the year before he was a defensive end the year before he was a defensive the tackle. League, yeah the league changes that can like, work against him too like is if if he goes in as a defensive tackle is he even close to aaron donald no no but then again who is it right position? right no i Maybe hear the point. guy at the top of our list here but other than that that's about it's really it. the only other comparison yeah. that you have the next guy on our list at number three at least for me and i think we all agree with it is listed at a position that really doesn't exist anymore in the NFL, and that's the nose tackle position. You're absolutely lining up in front of the center every single snap, and this guy really was at the top of that position in the game for 10 years for the Pittsburgh Steelers, a career Pittsburgh Steeler uh, playing in 12 seasons for the team. He made five Pro Bowls, and he won two Super Bowl rings. This is a guy where the numbers aren't going to tell the story. You really had to either do your research or, like us as kids growing up, watch what he did on the football field to appreciate him. But that's big Casey Hampton, the big snack, right in the middle of that Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Six foot one, 325 pounds, what he's listed as. And I think that's being generous <laughs> on the weight because he was definitely oh, it's touching up it's close generous. to 400 yeah, bills every once in a while. Not to say that this is what I remember most about him, because what I remember most about him was one of the being the one of the biggest, if not the biggest cog in having one of the best run defenses mm. for that entire run that the Steelers had. His head could barely fit in the helmets. It was hilarious. It looked like the man was in pain because he had to squeeze his head in helmet. It kind of looked like if you or I were to put on one of those like little mini kid helmets and they would just kind of sit up on our temples because they weren't big enough to go down all the way onto our heads. Because every time you wear a helmet, I was like, yeah. do you even need a chin strap? The jersey it's also would fit all the time. too. You would oh, see his belly. stomach pouring out and the jersey would come up to like his belly button. Is this a hot take to say a guy like that's one of the best athletes ever? <laughs> the fact that he was that big but able to move so gracefully and still be such a force on that defensive front is a remarkable accomplishment to yeah, be is. that big and to be able to use that weight to push people around. And I know you weren't going to – track down any running backs but if that running back was going to slip through the hole next to casey hampton that running back was going you weren't down. going nowhere no. yeah uh, and when you look at casey too like when you look at what he did in his career he doesn't have any flashy you know, he only has nine career sacks he you know has right. 398 total tackles in in what uh 12 13 years whatever it was i guess 13 um 13 nfl seasons um they're not flashy numbers and i know that this is kind of a cliche but He's the epitome of doing your job, and he did his job better than you know many. Really, any nose tackle. I mean, I know nose tackle was kind of a dying position, um, but to be a five-time Pro Bowler at a guy that was that big, I mean, you got to think about it. Like you had to bring two guys out to just block him. Like you couldn't block anybody one-on-one. -on -one. Um, you, you you couldn't have anyone block Casey Hampton one-on-one. -on -one. You had to have two guys because of his size, and he just clogged up the hole and that's really what a defensive tackle is supposed to do that's really what you're you know you're not supposed to make um you know all the plays you're not supposed to have the highlight reels you're supposed to create holes for the guys behind you to make plays and for you know the guys on the line to make plays and he did that beautifully obviously um five pro bowls to his credit um and, and only having nine career sacks that tells you how how damn good he was at his job it's pretty remarkable i i think when we talk about so fondly comparing the 2000 defense to the, the 70s, and obviously we have a lot more to say about the 2000s because that was the team that we grew up watching. Casey Hampton is among so many people's fan favorite just because, to Tom's point, I think 
you have to give him a lot of credit because of his, despite his size, he was still so effective. And his size was kind of his calling, his claim to fame. I mean, the same way that we just talked about Brett Kiesel being the outspoken leader, or at least of the duo between him and Aaron Smith, Casey Hampton wasn't really outspoken, but you couldn't miss Casey Hampton on a football field. Whether he was playing on the field or on the sideline, it was easy to spot him. He was just the biggest guy out there, regardless of which team you were playing. He was always going to be the biggest guy out there. And I think a lot of people fell in love with him just because of his dominating size. And the fact that, yes, he was still so effective, despite the extra weight that he carried, really is a testament to how skilled he was as a player. It was a tradition unlike any other as we approached training camp. Casey Anton, out of, out of right. shape. But right. It didn't pass, yeah, we just didn't, talked about Ben Roethlisberger getting out of shape. It was always about Casey Hampton. Wasn't able to pass his physical. Wasn't able to pass his, his physical test to make sure that he's in shape. And it never mattered because that's what you wanted out of Casey Hampton was for him to be just a little bit out of shape and just to truly clog things up in that middle of the field. Number two on this list, this is a man – who has the most sacks officially. Of course, we don't know all things. You know, they don't record sacks far back into these guys' career. But the most sacks officially of any defensive lineman on Pittsburgh Steelers history, edging out number one on our list by just one sack. He held the crown for most sacks ever in Pittsburgh Steelers history until one Mr. James Harrison came along, who I'm sure was on your guys' linebackers list while I was gone, and snapped that record as he is now the sack king. But Mr. L.C. Greenwood... 78 career sacks, officially the second most in team history. He's a six-time Pro Bowler. He made the All-Pro team twice in his career, first-team All-Pro back-to-back seasons in 74 and 75. He's a four-time Super Bowl champion, and he is a Hall of Fame All-1970s team. One accolade I did not get to, Hall of Famer. Really bizarre that L.C. Greenwood. We talked about how Cam Hayward might be able to get in the Hall yeah. of Fame. Well, not until L.C. Greenwood gets into the Hall of Fame. That's, it's bizarre, straight up, that he has not been added yet. I mentioned this on some of our other all-time standard episodes, how it was Donnie Shell who really needed to be enshrined. He needs to get in. And now, now that he has, I it's think the next guy up is L.C. Yeah. Greenland, or even Dwight White, because Dwight White was also effective. But, but yeah, if Greenwood's you, ha- you got to go Greenwood you got to go Greenwood White. first, of course. And just to think about that group of terror up front with Dwight White, Elster Greenwood, and Mean Joe Green for those steel curtain defenses. I would have hated having to play the Steelers, being a quarterback on that team, being a running back, trying to run through that. I mean, just an absolute nightmare. And and that's not even mentioning that if you were to somehow miraculously get through that front, the second level was just as good with guys like Ham and Lambert back there waiting to just swallow you up. So, I mean, it it's truly incredible when you look back at the the defense that was built, and Elsie Greenwood was certainly entrenched at the center of, of that defense. Two-time All-Pro guys, first team, back-to-back years, 74-75. Like I mentioned, the 78 sacks. He played 170 games for the Steelers, 135 of them were games that he started. Uh, every guy we've mentioned on this list so far has been a career Steeler. Mm-hmm. There has not been... Dwight White played for the Steelers. Uh, even Kellen Brett Kiesel, the mm-hmm. guy you put at number five, he played for the Steelers. Aaron Smith as well played for the Steelers the entirety of his career. Then you look at Cam Hayward, who is currently still playing for the Steelers. Casey never left. Elsie Greenwood never left. The guy we're going to get to next never left. So a very common trend that we haven't seen in other position groups where these defensive linemen just all, are Steelers for yeah, life. Always. 
I, I love it. It adds to the legacy too. Absolutely. Like that's part when you do a top five thing and you do a an all time standard of it. You know, being a career guy enhances your value for things like these lists or things like Hall of Honors because you just are associated with that team and there's no picture of you out there in some other color. And and the impressive it makes it easier to be included on this list. I think it does give you a slight edge. If you're if you're a Steeler for life, seventy eight sacks for Elsie Greenwood, and that's something that's just incredible to me. You know, especially when you had a guy like Mean Joe right next to you, who is third on the list for sacks of all time with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just to just to be able to put up numbers like that with so many great skilled players around you, you had to be damn good. I mean, there's just no way around not having the talent when you're competing not just against other teams, but really with other players on your team who are trying to get those numbers as well. And 78 sacks, unbelievable four time Super Bowl champion. Unbelievable. It's, it's hard to believe as we pour through the stats right now and have him at number two, that he is not in Canton as it's yeah, right. today. It's pretty crazy. Like some guy that should, should have been for be. years now, yeah. for years and years now, but uh, again, probably gets overshadowed by the era he played in and the team he played on where and the guy he played next to, you're not even the best person on yeah. your own line. But you know you're still I mean? one of the greatest players to ever play at your position. No question. I would say so. I mean, you make that all-decade team in the decade that was most prolific at the defense or on the defensive side of the ball, if you can do that. And then he obviously easily has made the Steelers Hall of Honor. Uh, he's made the Steelers all-time team. Any Hall of Fame he's probably eligible for, whatever local high school Hall of Fame, college Hall oh, of right. Fame, anything, Elsie Greenwood's in. It's just yeah. a matter of not being in the NFL Hall of Fame. I think that's going to change, though. I, I don't should. see there's going to be a year where the the ballot's a little light, and that's the year that he he's definitely got the accolades to go. I mean, he's uh, he's definitely you know we made you know we talked about Cam Hayward earlier, and there's a question mark, but I don't think there's even remotely a question mark when you talk about Elsie Greenwood. Um, unfortunately, it hasn't happened yet, but as you said, hopefully one year there's kind of a light mm-hmm. you know a, a light ticket or a light ballot, and then. You know he, he does find his way in because he already should be at this point, right? Um, but yeah, I mean it's unfortunate. But again, he's like a lot of guys on this list, like like Dwight White too. They're completely overshadowed by the next guy we're going to talk about. And you know I don't know how much that weighs on voters or on you know anybody in general. But you know at the same time, just because you have maybe the best defensive player ever playing beside you, it doesn't mean that you didn't have a great career, which no, obviously both these yeah. guys did. And I'd like to point out, too, I mean, we talked a little about Donnie Shell, but Bill Nunn, someone who was supposed to get into the Hall of Fame a long time ago, wasn't able to be alive to see his own enshrinement or own. So you hope, yeah. And the same thing goes for Elsie Greenwood. I mean, you, you really would have hoped that yeah, the NFL exactly. would have gotten on top of this and said, well, we have to do this. You know, it was an untimely, you know, death that he had. He He died... Not not super young, but still younger than it, than most people live to be. And you wish that he could have been alive to see himself get enshrined. And you just hope now for his family's sake that they can one day do that for him. Well, one guy who is certainly enshrined in the Hall of Fame, not just the best defensive lineman in Pittsburgh Steelers history, the best defensive lineman by far. In Maybe the NFL greatest NFL defensive history. player. Maybe ever. the greatest player ever yeah. in the history of the NFL. Tom Brady probably has some stake to that claim now, but. I mean, Mean Joe's definitely in the top five. Without question, the best stealer of mm-hmm. all time. And then mean you, Joe Green, number ignore one. Ignore his on this stats. List. Ignore his stats. Look at the impact. 
the Steelers were nothing compared to when he was when he was drafted before in he 69. Was there. He was the first guy to get to Pittsburgh. That that was a big part of those seventies teams. First not round, not just a big part. He was the biggest part and he was the first guy to arrive. First round, number four overall pick in the nineteen sixty nine draft out of a college named North Texas. How Joe, many guys can say about their their career that they were so good that the college they went to named, named their the team mascot after you. After them. Yeah. One hundred and eighty one career games, hundred and seventy two career starts. He hit the ground running as a rookie in 69, starting every single game that they played back then. That was 14 in that era. He made a Pro Bowl, his first of 10 Pro Bowls, his rookie season. He won the 1969 Defensive Rookie of the Year Award. He's a four-time first-team All-Pro. He is a member of the All-1970s Hall of Fame team. No surprise there, as he is a Hall of Famer. Won the Defensive Player of the Year Award twice, once in 1972, once in 1974, and just for good measure, we'll throw in the fact that he was the 1979 Walter Payton Man of the Year Award winner as well. Four Super Bowl rings on his fingers. I mean, that is a laundry list of accolades for someone who certainly still resonates with not just Steelers fans of this generation, of the next generation probably, but NFL fans in general will forever know if they're at least educating themselves on the game who Mean Joe Green was and yeah. just how incredibly special of a player he was for the Steelers in the 70s. I mean, just looking at his pro football reference page, I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, a four-time Super Bowl champ, all-decades team in the 70s, three-time defensive – or two-time defensive player of the year, one-time rookie of the year, Walter Payton man of the year, ten-time pro Bowl. Like, it, it's – it's unbelievable. Spoiler yeah. alert, I wasn't alive back then. I bet he probably should have won a couple more defensive player of the year awards. I'm when sure. you're the best player on the best defensive team, there's no reason you shouldn't be winning that year in and year out. Now it's start it's it's the closest thing we've seen to someone like Joe Green is and we should count our blessings for this. It's lucky as fans of the sport to that see we this, get to see it. Is Aaron Donald. Yeah. Three three defensive player of the year awards already under his belt probably has a good chance to get number four. That's more than Joe Green. I'm not going to say that that's, you know, the end-all, be-all for the right. conversation. But I still, it's, don't think it's it's, a, I still don't think it matters. But what I'm trying to get at here is, at least for us, we can kind of see what, you know, our parents, glimpse, our grandparents yeah. talked about with Joe Green, with just a player that's so dominant where he just, and Joe Green was that times probably three or four than what Aaron Donald is right now just because, you know, players around Donald, players against Donald are probably better than the, some of the players that Joe Green faced. No offense in the 70s. Evolution just happens. Humans are mm-hmm. more conditioned and focus on playing sports more and, you know, get better at the sport as time goes on. But just to be able to see something like Aaron Donald and always have our jaw dropped on Sundays and be like, what a freak of nature. It's a blessing because that's exactly what things were like with Joe Green. But not just for Steelers fans across the country. And it was something so incredibly new to see somebody at that interior spot just dominate like he did. And, you know, you look up Joe Green highlights, there's tackles he'd make. You could never make them anymore in the NFL, but he would just grab guys by their collar and just with one hand throw them down while another guy was trying to block him. It was insane to watch. He's he's an icon. I mean, and forever – will be immortalized with things like that Coke commercial that he's in that is right. still played almost every single Super Bowl in some maybe, sort of variation. Maybe the the best the best, you know, face of a of a of a brand, the best the most recognizable athlete to a brand marriage that 
there has ever been. And at 74 years old, you'll still see Mean Joe Green come around Heinz Field at least once a season. You're always going to see that guy around. He still is a very prominent, active. Yeah, he's still very active alumni member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and hopefully that can remain for years and years to come. As anytime Joe Green's in the stadium, you know it's an important night and you know it's a big game. So Mean Joe Green, without question, the only one. guy in in the Steelers' entire history to have his number retired. And I think it should forever remain that way. Yeah. I think that that's just become, although there are so many I think there was one guy from are, like the 30s or the 40s. But there are so many guys that are deserving, yeah. even on teams that we've seen, Troy Polamalu, Ben Roethlisberger. But I think that they should just, for the specialty of the right. Joe Green, when you have so many guys, you really need to put the I spotlight mean, you're gonna, on the one. If, if you're the Steelers, you almost can't retire the numbers that you that you have the possibility <laughs> to do so because there's just not enough numbers. left. Yeah, there's It'll be like the Montreal left. Canadians in the NHL, right. just every number has been retired. But that's going to do it for the all-time standard at defensive line. It's going to do it for the all-time standard in general for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe we'll do a finale and just go our top five Steelers overall. of all time. I actually like that idea. We are going to do a finale. We're going to do we top could do, five We could Steelers. do an offense and defense, defense and then overall. Overall, I like it. We'll do that. Keep an eye out for that one. So we're not done with our all-time standard here. No matter what, you know me and Joe Green's going to end up at the top of whatever list we come up with, though. Best Steeler of all time. For Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky, I am Tom Opperman. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you check out all our work at Steelers.com. Just look for the podcast page and find Steelers Standard. Give it a click. Give it a like. Give it a subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. We will talk to you next time. Thanks for always listening to the Steelers Standard.